Section twenty two of Junior Classics, Volume five. Stories that never grow old. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Edward Kirkby of Warwick, England. Junior Classics, Volume five. Stories that never grow old. Edited by William Patton. Section. 22. Robinson Crusoe, rescued by Daniel Defoe. After having been on his island for twenty-seven years, an English vessel at last arrives. The crew had mutinied and brought the captain and several of the men ashore. Crusoe saves the captain and two of the crew and seizes the ship's boat. While we were thus preparing our designs, and had first by main strength heave the boat upon the beach so high that the tide would not float her off at high water mark and besides had broke a hole in her bottom too big to be quickly stopped and was set down musing what we should do we heard the ship fire a gun and make a waft with her ensign as a signal for the boat to come on board but no boat stirred and they fired several times making other signals for the boat at last when all their signals and firing proved fruitless and they found the boat did not stir we saw them by the help of my glasses hoist another boat out and row towards the shore and we found as they approached that there were no less than ten men in her and that they had firearms with them as the ship lay almost two leagues from the shore we had a full view of them as they came and a plain sight even of their faces because the tide having set them a little to the east of the other boat they rowed up under shore to come to the same place where the other had landed and where the boat lay by this means i say we had a full view of them and the captain knew the persons and characters of all the men in the boat of whom he said there were three very honest fellows who he was sure were led into this conspiracy by the rest being overpowered and frightened but as for the boatswain who it seems was the chief officer among them and all the rest they were as outrageous as any of the ship's crew and were no doubt made desperate in their new enterprise and terribly apprehensive he was that they would be too powerful for us i smiled at him and told him that men in our circumstances were past the operation of fear that seeing almost every condition that could be was better than that which we were supposed to be in we ought to expect that the consequences whether death or life would be sure to be a deliverance i asked him what he thought of the circumstances of my life and whether a deliverance were not worth venturing for and were sir said i is your belief of my being preserved here on purpose to save your life which elevated you a little while ago for my part said i there seems to be but one thing amiss in all the prospect of it what is that says he why said i it is that as you say there are three or four honest fellows among them which should be spared had they been all of the wicked part of the crew i should have thought god's providence had singled them out to deliver them into your hands for depend upon it every man that comes ashore is our own and shall die or live as they behave to us as i spoke this with a raised voice and cheerful countenance i found it greatly encouraged him so we set vigorously to our business we had upon the first appearance of the boats coming from the ship considered of separating our prisoners and we had indeed secured them effectually two of them 
of whom the captain was less assured than ordinary i sent with friday and one of the three delivered men to my cave where they were remote enough and out of danger of being heard or discovered or of finding their way out of the woods if they could have delivered themselves here they left them bound but gave them provisions and promised them if they continued there quietly to give them their liberty in a day or two but that if they attempted their escape they should be put to death without mercy they promised faithfully to bear their confinement with patience and were very thankful that they had such good usage as to have provisions and light left them for friday gave them candles such as we made ourselves for their comfort and they did not know but that he stood sentinel over them at the entrance the other prisoners had better usage two of them were kept pinioned indeed because the captain was not able to trust them but the other two were taken into my service upon the captain's recommendation and upon their solemnly engaging to live and die with us so with them and the three honest men we were seven men well armed and i made no doubt we should be able to deal well enough with the ten that were coming considering that the captain had said there were three or four honest men among them also as soon as they got to the place where the other boat lay they ran their boat into the beach and came all on shore hauling the boat up after them which i was glad to see for i was afraid they would rather have left the boat at an anchor some distance from the shore with some hands in her to guard her and so we should not be able to seize the boat being on shore the first thing they did they ran all to their other boat and it was easy to see they were under a great surprise to find her stripped as above of all that was in her and a great hole in her bottom after they had mused a while upon this they set up two or three great shouts hallooing with all their might to try if they could make their companions hear but all was to no purpose then they came all close in a ring and fired a volley of their small arms which indeed we heard and the echoes made the woods ring but it was all one those in the cave we were sure could not hear and those in our keeping though they heard it well enough yet durst give no answer to them they were so astonished at the surprise of this that as they told us afterwards they resolved to go all on board again to their ship and let them know that the men were all murdered and the longboat stayed accordingly they immediately launched their boat again and got all of them on board the captain was terribly amazed and even confounded at this believing they would go on board the ship again and set sail giving their comrades over for lost and so he should still lose the ship which he was in hopes he should have recovered but he was quickly as much frightened the other way they had not been long put off the boat when we perceived them all coming on shore again but with this new measure in their conduct which it seems they consulted together upon viz to leave three men in the boat and the rest to go on shore and go up into the country to look for their fellows this was a great disappointment to us for now we were at a loss what to do as our seizing those seven men on shore would be no advantage to us if we let the boat escape because they would row away to the ship and then the rest of them would be sure to weigh and set sail and so our recovering the ship would be lost however we had no remedy but to wait and see what the issue of things might present the seven men came on shore and the three who remained in the boat put her off to a good distance from the shore and came to an anchor to wait for them so that it was impossible for us to come at them in the boat those that came on shore kept close together 
marching towards the top of the hill under which my habitation lay and we could see them plainly though they could not perceive us we should have been very glad if they would have come nearer us so that we might have fired at them or that they would have gone farther off that we might come abroad but when they were come to the brow of the hill where they could see a great way into the valleys and woods which lay towards the north-east part and where the island lay lowest they shouted and hallooed till they were weary and not caring it seems to venture far from the shore nor far from one another they sat down together under a tree to consider it had they thought fit to have gone to sleep there as the other part of them had done they had done the job for us but they were too full of apprehensions of danger to venture to go to sleep though they could not tell what the danger was they had to fear the captain made a very just proposal to me upon this consultation of theirs viz that perhaps they would all fire a volley again to endeavour to make their fellows hear and that we should all sally upon them just at the juncture when the pieces were all discharged and they would certainly yield and we should have them without bloodshed i liked this proposal provided it was done while we were near enough to come up to them before they could load their pieces again but this event did not happen and we lay still a long time very irresolute what course to take at length i told them there would be nothing done in my opinion till night and then if they did not return to the boat perhaps we might find a way to get between them and the shore and so might use some stratagem with them in the boat to get them on shore we waited a great while though very impatient for their removing and were very uneasy when after long consultation we saw them all start up and march down towards the sea it seems they had such dreadful apprehension of the danger of the place that they resolved to go on board the ship again give their companions over for lost and so go on with their intended voyage with the ship as soon as i perceived them go towards the shore i imagined it to be as it really was that they had given over their search and were going back again and the captain as soon as i told him my thoughts was ready to sink at the apprehensions of it but i presently thought of a stratagem to fetch them back again and which answered my end to a title i ordered friday and the captain's mate to go over the little creek westward towards the place where the savages came on shore when friday was rescued and so soon as they came to a little rising ground at about half a mile distant i bid them halloo out as loud as they could and wait till they found the seamen heard them that as soon as ever they heard the seamen answer them they should return it again and then keeping out of sight take a round always answering when the others hallooed to draw them as far into the island and among the woods as possible and then wheel about again to me by such ways as i directed them they were just going into the boat when friday and the mate hallooed and they presently heard them and answering ran along the shore westward towards the voice they heard when they were stopped by the creek where the water being up they could not go over and called for the boat to come up and set them over as indeed i expected when they had set themselves over i observed that the boat being gone a good way into the creek and as it were in a harbour within the land they took one of the three men out of her to go along with them and left only two in the boat having fastened her to the stump of a little tree on the shore this was what i wished for and immediately leaving friday and the captain's mate to their business i took the rest with me and crossing the creek out of their sight we surprised the two men before they were aware 
one of them lying on the shore and the other being in the boat the fellow on shore was between sleeping and waking and going to start up the captain who was foremost ran in upon him and knocked him down and then called out to him in the boat to yield or he was a dead man they needed very few arguments to persuade a single man to yield when he saw five men upon him and his comrade knocked down besides this was it seems one of the three who were not so hearty in the mutiny as the rest of the crew and therefore was easily persuaded not only to yield but afterwards to join very sincerely with us in the meantime friday and the captain's mate so well managed their business with the rest that they drew them by hallooing and answering from one hill to another and from one wood to another till they not only heartily tired them but left them where they were very sure they could not reach back to the boat before it was dark and indeed they were heartily tired themselves also by the time they came back to us we had nothing now to do but to watch for them in the dark and to fall upon them so as to make sure work with them it was several hours after friday came back to me before they came back to their boat and we could hear the foremost of them long before they came quite up calling to those behind to come along and could also hear them answer and complain how lame and tired they were and not able to come any faster which was very welcome news to us at length they came up to the boat but it is impossible to express their confusion when they found the boat fast aground in the creek the tide ebbed out and their two men gone we could hear them call one to another in a most lamentable manner telling one another they were got into an enchanted island that either there were inhabitants in it and they should all be murdered or else there were devils and spirits in it and they should be all carried away and devoured they hallooed again and called their two comrades by their names a great many times but no answer after some time we could see them by the little light there was run about wringing their hands like men in despair and sometimes they would go and sit down in the boat to rest themselves then come ashore again and walk about again and so the same thing over again my men would fain have had me give them leave to fall upon them at once in the dark but i was willing to take them at some advantage so as to spare them and kill as few of them as i could and especially i was unwilling to hazard the killing of any of our men knowing the others were very well armed i resolved to wait to see if they did not separate and therefore to make sure of them I drew my ambuscade nearer and ordered Friday and the captain to creep upon their hands and feet as close to the ground as they could that they might not be discovered and get as near them as they could possibly before they offered to fire they had not been long in that posture when the boatswain who was the principal ringleader of the mutiny and had now shown himself the most dejected and dispirited of all the rest came walking towards them with two more of the crew the captain was so eager at having this principal rogue so much in his power that he could hardly have patience to let him come so near as to be sure of him for they only heard his tongue before but when they came nearer the captain and friday starting up on their feet let fly at them the boatswain was killed upon the spot the next man was shot in the body and fell just by him though he did not die till an hour or two after and the third ran for it at the noise of the fire i immediately advanced with my whole army which was now eight men viz myself generalissimo friday my lieutenant-general 
the captain and his two men and the three prisoners of war whom we had trusted with arms we came upon them indeed in the dark so that they could not see our number and i made the man they had left in the boat who was now one of us to call them by name to try if i could bring them to a parley and so perhaps might reduce them to terms which fell out just as we desired for indeed it was easy to think as their condition then was they would be very willing to capitulate so he calls out as loud as he could to one of them tom smith tom smith tom smith answered immediately is that robinson for it seems he knew the voice the other answered ay ay for god's sake tom smith throw down your arms and yield or you are all dead men in this moment who must we yield to where are they says smith again here they are says he here's our captain and fifty men with him have been hunting you these two hours the boat swain is killed will fry is wounded and i am a prisoner and if you do not yield you are all lost will they give us quarter then says tom smith and we will yield i'll go and ask if you promise to yield said robinson so he asked the captain and the captain himself then calls out you smith you know my voice if you lay down your arms immediately and submit you shall have your lives all but will atkins upon this will atkins cried out for god's sake captain give me quarter what have i done they have all been as bad as i which by the way was not true for it seems this will atkins was the first man that laid hold of the captain when they first mutinied and used him barbarously in tying his hands and giving him injurious language however the captain told him he must lay down his arms at discretion and trust to the governor's mercy by which he meant me for they all called me governor in a word they all laid down their arms and begged their lives and i sent the man that had parleyed with them and two more who bound them all and then my great army of fifty men which with those three were in all but eight came up and seized upon them and upon their boat only that i kept myself and one more out of sight for reasons of state our next work was to repair the boat and think of seizing the ship and as for the captain now he had leisure to parley with them he expostulated with them upon the villainy of their practices with him and upon the further wickedness of their design and how certainly it must bring them to misery and distress in the end and perhaps to the gallows they all appeared very penitent and begged hard for their lives as for that he told them they were not his prisoners but the commanders of the island and that they thought they had set him on shore in a barren uninhabited island but it had pleased god so to direct them that it was inhabited and the governor was an englishman that he might hang them all there if he pleased but as he had given them all quarter he supposed he would send them all to england to be dealt with there as justice required except atkins whom he was commanded by the governor to advise to prepare for death for that he would be hanged in the morning though this was all but a fiction of his own yet it had its desired effect atkins fell upon his knees to beg the captain to intercede with the governor for his life and all the rest begged of him for god's sake that they might not be sent to england it now occurred to me that the time of our deliverance was come and that it would be a most easy thing to bring these fellows in to be hearty in getting possession of the ship so i retired in the dark from them that they might not see what kind of a governor they had and called the captain to me when i called at a good distance one of the men was ordered to speak again and say to the captain captain the commander calls for you 
and presently the captain replied tell his excellency i am just coming this more perfectly amazed them and they all believed that the commander was just by with his fifty men upon the captain coming to me i told him my project for seizing the ship which he liked wonderfully well and resolved to put it in execution the next morning but in order to execute it with more art and to be secure of success i told him we must divide the prisoners and that he should go and take atkins and two more of the worst of them and send them pinioned to the cave where the others lay this was committed to friday and the two other men who came on shore with the captain they conveyed them to the cave as to a prison and it was indeed a dismal place especially to men in their condition the others i ordered to my bower as i called it of which i have given a full description and as it was fenced in and they pinioned the place was secure enough considering they were upon their behaviour End of section 22. Recording by Edward Kirkby of Warwick, England.